This episode is brought to you by Fat Guy Party Shirts. Fat Guy Party Shirts believes in being the loudest guy in the room without having to say a word. They design their gear to stand out with patterns that pop. Whether you wear it to the beach, the bar, or at the rock, they have something for you. They are a small operation, just three massive Devils fans from Monmouth County who started the company about two years ago. They sent us some shirts and some swag. They're comfortable, well-made, and they look great. If you want to check them out, the website is fatguypartyshirts.com. Use the promo code LAST, that's L-A-S-T, for 15% off your first purchase. That's fatguypartyshirts.com. Live life loud and let's go Devils. Well, that was much better than uh, last time we talked. How about that, Ricky? <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, um... After the uh, well, now it's re- recording uh, Thursday night after the Devils beat the Islanders four to one, and um, after they beat the Ducks on Tuesday, I kind of thought that uh, tonight was not going to go so well. Uh, but tonight ended up being, I don't know, far and away the best game of the season of the four games. But like, uh, it's just an unbelievable improvement. Yeah, I mean, the, especially that t- Nico's line just absolutely caved them in the entire time they were on the ice, every shift. Yeah. It was really, really nice to see. That, that line was, was unbelievable. So as we get going here, we're going to introduce our guest first from Twitter with at Matthew Cass. Matt, how are you doing tonight, man? Hey, it's a pleasure to be on. Thank you guys for having me. I'm looking forward to uh, talking Devil's Hockey. All right, and also in studio, uh, my buddy Mike here, because he came over to watch the game, Mike Lapari. And what are you on Twitter? Uh, Lapari22. At Lapari22. How you doing, Mike? Good, good. Very happy with the win tonight, and uh, looking forward to talking to you guys. Excellent. Um, we, we had a good night. We spent way too much money on very not-so-good food. We ordered $90 of uh, Bubba Koo's food. 94 $60 to be specific. Oh. Food for three people. I, yeah. I will not accept Bubba Koo's slander on this podcast. I'm sorry that whatever delivery service fucked up your order, but I will not stand for Bubba Koo's slander on this podcast. Look, look, it's good, but after paying $94 for three people and they showed up without my wife's food, uh, so I had to call them and yell at them, and the guy was like, would you accept two coupons for two free entrees? And I said, no, I would accept my wife having her dinner. How about that? So the manager of the store had to bring it. Um, I guess it was okay. But it made up for it. Like most places won't go either way to like literally bring you the food that they messed up. So I'm, I'm assuming they're independently operated. So that location can eat dicks, but I will not stand for slander in general of Bubko's. But yeah, anyway, it's, it's delicious. Anyway, uh, <laughs> How about Jesper Bratt, seven assists in four games? How about um, Andre Palat, two goals tonight? That that whole line is just is honestly unbelievable. I mean, Nico didn't. I mean, he scored an empty net goal, but he was unbelievable tonight. Also, I just the Twitter, the Twitter haters were angry tonight and just didn't know what to do with themselves. They were like, uh, you know, Jim Carrey or Ace Ventura with the. Uh, the arrows in his legs like should i be angry about nico should i be angry about palats overpaying his contract i don't know what to be mad about first well i was angry going into the game after they posted what the lineup was going to be because i feel like after holtz got his first nhl goal he's kind of been like shunned and uh zetterland had a point and played a decent game and hasn't seen the ice since and and going with seven defensemen just really bothers me um it's uh, all right well let's talk about <laughs> you want to talk about it? we can get into it because i'm still not happy with lindy ralph i mean it's up to you guys which what do you want to whatever topics you want to go after first well we'll get there let's let's ask our guests now matt yeah. when you saw the lineup for tonight what were your thoughts i still cannot believe that michael mcleod is in this lineup i have no idea if he's got like incriminating photos of lindy and fitzy or something uh, because not only is he objectively just an okay hockey player, he's also pretty clearly in the crosshairs of this investigation, you know, for the uh, the Hockey Canada thing about 2018. Oh, yeah. I just, it makes no sense to me that the team would put him out there. If you're going to, you know, ice a lineup that's down a forward or whatever, I would rather you just double shift one of the centers with like Zetterland and Holtz rather than McLeod and Bastion having to be out there because of, I don't know, the power of friendship or something. I agree. Um, he should probably be in jail. 
and uh, he will be soon, probably. Yeah. Now, Mike, you were here, but but what were your thoughts on the lineup? Because I know we were both pretty annoyed about. Oh it. yeah, I looked at uh, I saw Amanda Stein's tweet and I looked at it that immediately. Nice. I looked. That yeah, nice. it, it is nice. <laughs> He's still blocked. I, yeah, I know. I, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> that was a very famous. I didn't say anything rude to her. Um, <laughs> I immediately looked at it. I was like, okay, ball in, and then uh, pulled out. I was like, wait, why? So the fourth line is just two players. And I think by the fourth line, majority of it was Sharon Govich just playing fourth line role. Really? I don't think there was anyone else getting double shifted. I don't remember Hughes, Brat. I don't remember anyone else. But, like, just put Zetterlin in at that point. Like, you don't need the extra D to... The the sixth defenseman played fine, I think. They didn't really have much of an issue. The Islanders did absolutely nothing. They had three shots after the first period. And I think, what, 14 by... Or 13 by the second period, they did absolutely nothing that you needed to justify throwing 70 out there. I don't think. Yeah, well, the they only whole had 17 shots in the whole game. So. Yeah, yeah, and the whole justification was not having Holtz on the fourth line against a tougher team or whatever. But like, what's Zetterlin? He's he's a smaller guy, but he plays a, a bigger game. Like, I, I don't understand. All right, fine if you want to sell me on Holtz being in the press box, but not putting in Zetterlin in his place kind of doesn't doesn't really help. I don't know. I, I tweeted it. Going with seven defensemen and short a forward in the fourth game of the season is a just preposterous move. Like, that's a, you know, right after Christmas break or somebody, you got some injuries building up, and you that, that's the kind of move you make late in the season. You don't, four games into the season, you're doing this shit? Yeah, no. And on top to of that. that, and on top of that, you got Bastion and McLeod, who are as useless as tits on a bull on the fourth line. I mean, if you don't want to play, if you want to play, if you don't want to put Holtz on a fourth line, then why don't you make a fourth line of Zetterlin, Boquist, and Holtz? At least you got three guys with skill that maybe might chip in a goal. McLeod stinks. I mean, he is, I don't even think objectively, I think he's just terrible. He's absolutely awful. And Bastion showed me absolutely nothing this season. And I don't want to be angry after a dominating win like that. But these fucking roster, they don't make any sense. They make no sense. And furthermore, Brendan Smith fucking stinks. And Ball looked infinitely better than Smith out there. Smith is taking dumb penalty after dumb penalty after dumb penalty. And just put him in the press box and put Ball in and play four lines. I don't understand what we're doing in game, in game four of the season. It makes no sense. That, that might be what ends up happening in the next game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. But... Um... No, I'm just looking at the stats from tonight, and the you know the best thing that Mike McLeod apparently does is face-offs. He won 50% of them, but uh, I've had Eric Hall a 75% in the face-off dot. He's sure 63. Jack had a bad night at 33%, but um, yeah, I'm just, I've said it. We said it last week too. There, there is no Hall makes makes McLeod replaceable. On top of the fact that he's a terrible player, and on top of the fact he's under investigation. Like, there's just so many reasons he does not need to be on this team. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, we need that investigation to wrap up, like, real quick. Um, so Bastion's no, Bastion doesn't do anything either. Like, he was okay last year because we had nobody. But now with a lineup with the kind of depth we have, like, top-end talent and the, the three lines we have that are going right now, why not put Boquist, Zetterlin, and Holtz on the fourth line? Give them 10, 12 minutes a night together. At least they're playing with skilled players, and I'm sure they played together down in Utica. You might get something out of them because you're getting nothing out of McLeod and Bastion. Zero. Yeah, but Bastion they- had the least uh, ice time for a forward by far, 10.57, and uh, McLeod at 13.25. Tatar had 14 minutes. And if I had to pick out one guy that that still makes me unhappy uh even after tonight and that that's definitely tomas tatar uh and you texted me ricky you said uh wasn't preseason tatar great but he's not he's not good <laughs> well i mean you look at the second power play unit and instead of having holtz on that off wing ripping one-timers you have tatar over there just derping around doing nothing with the puck and i just don't get it like i don't understand like i don't know at what point I don't think, obviously, I think he's with the team. I don't think they're going to get rid of him at this point. But, like, there has to be some sort of shift at some point, you know, where the the team finally is like, all right, maybe we give these kids a shot because this isn't working. And 
Sure. I mean, they were dominant tonight, but that was mainly two lines. That really wasn't the Tatar. The third line really didn't do much. Yeah, but they um, also didn't. Pre- they prevented pretty much a lot. Like the Islanders, like I said, the Islanders did nothing pretty much. I have like, no issue with Halla, and I don't have any issue with Wood. I don't think Tatar had a very good game. Yeah, I mean, the first, I think the first two games, the Philly game uh, and the next one, he was not very good. I think he's gotten better. He hasn't done too much. But it's just like a for me, it's like a neutral. Like he's not affect. He's not making the team worse, and he could obviously add by by almost scoring tonight. He had that nice chance right in front. What Tatar? Yeah, he that he put. Scored. He almost scored. That he mm-hmm. put right off Sorokin's left and, side. And the and the breakaway that he didn't even get a shot on. Yeah, that was well. That was a nice back check by Mayfield. I think. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Matt. Matt. Thoughts. <laughs> Chime in, in the, just chime in whenever you want. Yeah, yeah, just talk over them. It's okay. It's yeah, okay. no, absolutely. So, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, what I look at it as is Tomas Tatar was signed to be a finisher, to be a scorer, to put points up, whether it be assists, whether it be goals. And at the end of the day, he has not lived up to that billing. And what frustrates me with it is it's not a bad contract. We can always, you know, get out from under it. But it's like you sign a guy like Tomas Tatar whose reputation precedes him. And you expect him to be a contributor. He doesn't have to be the primary star. He doesn't have to be your number one offensive threat, especially on a team like this. But the fact that he is quite literally invisible for long stretches of the game, that doesn't help you. It doesn't hurt you, but it doesn't help you either. And he's in that weird middle ground where he's just, he's this nebulous figure that just exists on the devil's lineup. Right, and you have young players that you should be giving a chance to get into that spot that offer more to the team, and they just won't do it because Lindy Ruff hates people from Sweden. I'm just convinced of that. Well, honestly, frankly, and you're not wrong, buddy, I I honestly don't see what Tatar uh, brings more to this lineup than Alexander Holtz right now. Or Zetterland. Fine, you don't want to play Holtz, then, then Zetterland, play him. But he's also Swedish. That's the problem. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he just hates Sweden. Something happened to him in Sweden. We got to find out. I I do also wonder, because at some point he's going to lose the room. You know, he's going to, if he hasn't lost it already. um, At what point does Devil's management make the switch? Because if I'm Fitzy, if I'm Fitzgerald, I've already seen Ray Shiro go down for sticking way too long with John Hines. That's how I got my job. So it would be almost obtuse if you're Fitzgerald at this point to be like, yeah, I'm going to make the exact same mistake that the person who was here before me made by sticking around and showing too much loyalty to a coach that's very clearly a lame duck. Well, so here's the thing. If they come out Saturday, is it Saturday they're playing the Sharks? I think so. Um, Yeah. Next game, no matter what it is. If they come out and play like they did tonight or close to like they did tonight, we got to ride the wave. But what we've seen from this team before is after a good game, they'll come back with an absolute clunker. So, um, I mean, the Sharks are going to be probably playing a little better. They got their first win of the season tonight against the Rangers, which is hilarious. But, um, yeah, the Sharks on Saturday afternoon. So if they come back and play like this again, then we should be excited. Ruff's job is probably safe for a little while. But if this was a one-off, um, then we really should hope that they stick to the short leash that Ruff should have. Um, it just uh, doesn't make any sense. Like You play Holtz on the top line the entire preseason. You're going to finally give him a chance to put him in a position. And then four, three games in, he's on the fourth line playing five minutes. Like I don't understand what happened. In three games. It's not like the team was good in the first two games. Like, why are you singling out a rookie who you put all this pressure on in the offseason to be your, your scorer because you didn't go out and get one, and then all of a sudden he's in the press box? It just doesn't make sense. And we've talked about this time and time again, how the Devils cannot develop talent. And they do this shit over and over and over again. And it wasn't even full games that he got. I think the last game, even in the win, yeah, the win against the the Red Wings, he was benched. Not the Red Wings. I'm sorry, the the Ducks. I don't think he. I don't think he played a single shift in the second or third period. No, No, he didn't. He didn't. I don't even remember anything he did wrong. No, the whole team sucked in the first period. Just hopping in here too, you know, talking about Holtz getting benched. 
Um, you know, these are teams, yeah, it's great to win. It's great to be, you know, two and two on the season. But this early stretch is filled with teams. No offense to the Flyers. No offense to the Red Wings. No offense to the Ducks. No offense to the Islanders. These are teams that if you have aspirations of being a playoff team, you should be handling, you know? And look, the Devils are a team that, for better or for worse, they don't want to be competing for the draft lottery in December. You know, so for them to have had this mixed record against these teams that arguably they should be beating or not losing as badly to, you know, as they did by the combined 10 to 4 uh, deficit that they had against the Flyers and the Red Wings, you know, it just it makes me wonder, you know, are these kind of like artificial wins? that have come in the last two games against the Ducks, who are, you know, they're scrambling through the first portion of their season. They're clearly not playing well. You know, the Islanders, I, I like to say that they're kind of, their window is closed and they're not a they're good team. They're not a team on the upswing. You know, I just wonder, like, are these kind of wins that are going to end up hurting more than they help in the sense that management is going to look at this and say, oh, the team played great. There's no reason to move on from Lindy Ruff, when in reality, he's making egregious mistakes that are covered up by the wins, like well, with that, the whole situation. Yeah, that's why we have to pay special attention to how they come out on Saturday against the Sharks, because since they were down 2 nothing to the Ducks, it was like, Night and day. you know, like a switch was just flipped because they dominated the, the second half of that game and won. They dominated all 60 minutes of this game. Like, there wasn't even... The Islanders had a couple of, like, quick pushes, but there wasn't even a regression by the Devils. They destroyed the Islanders tonight. So they have to come out like this on, on Saturday. And then maybe we can say that those first two games were a fluke. They were developing some chemistry. They just had a bad start or something. Um, unfortunately, you know, as much as we all want to be able to, to make an opinion or form an opinion and whatever, it's sort of just a wait and see at this point. I'll even go and say that after what the first, five games i'd really say the washington game coming up next week like no offense to the teams we face the devils should be what five and oh like every team they face so far they've easily could have beaten handily like they've shown against anaheim islanders the sharks they should absolutely beat the rangers the rangers lost last night tonight in overtime to them washington's like still on that uh stanley cup like they can make it here and there but i don't know it's gonna be Wait and see, like you said, Andrew, with all this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I'll I'll give my uh, my my weekly Damon Severson update for everyone who thinks I hate Damon Severson. Um, absolutely atrocious in his own zone again tonight. Amazing pass to Hughes on the uh, breakaway goal uh, yeah. again. Continues to be excellent offensively and terrible defensively. I mean, the the goal that they scored, he's just dicking around up on the face-off circle and Marino's fighting for his life in front against two different people. Like, I don't, I just don't understand what goes through his head. He did the same shit on the first goal against, um, the other night against Detroit, I think, where it's just, he just like, his controller disconnects and just like skates away. And he's like, eh, I think I'll skate over in the corner. It's like, what are you doing? Well, you mentioned Marino. Um, all I could think about tonight watching this game was, that Fitzy knocked it out of the park this offseason. Oh, um, Jesus Christ. The guy's yeah, a rock. That that trade and the Palat signing, even acquiring Halla for a player we all wanted gone. Like, he's three for three there. That's amazing. Yeah, Marino's and, a rock back there. And Ty Smith is in, in the AHL, so. Yep. The other thing, too, is that, you know, yeah, he didn't get a top-line scorer. He probably should have gone harder for Debrinket. But that's really the only guy I can say you should have gone for if you're Fitzgerald. Because Gaudreau was clearly not signing here. The fact that he took less money than we would have given him to sign in Columbus, there was no way he was coming to play for the Devils growing up as a Flyers fan. He panicked after Philadelphia couldn't make the cap space happen. And he went elsewhere. And, you know, Kachuk, the amount of assets that they gave up, you know, to send him in that trade to Florida to the Panthers, there was no way we were matching what Florida gave for him. I mean, Huberto, Uyghur. You know, that you know, multiple first round picks. We don't have those guys. That would have been yeah. an insane <laughs> overpay. So I think, like I said, Debrinkit's really the only guy I wish Fitz would have gotten. But other than that, I mean, he bolstered the team in every other conceivable area defense, 
he tried to find somebody to help back up Blackwood and Vanacek. We'll see how, uh, you know, Vanacek does in his next start. I was at the home opener and I got to tell you, I was expecting better goaltending out of him uh, from what I'd seen in the preseason, to say the least. Um, I I had PTSD watching that game. Yeah, that was a tough one. I but after the game very brutal. After the home opener was over, I took the little wristband they gave us and hucked it in the trash. Uh, <laughs> and Sorry, I, that really, wouldn't, it that wouldn't was, it probably would have died about ten minutes after you left anyway. So <laughs> that, it, that was my summation of the night. Basically, was throwing the wristband in the trash after losing five two to the Red Wings. But I, you know, I want to believe that the acquisitions uh, that they've made for the team in free agency, your Hala, you know, coming over in the trade for Zaka. Siegenthaler signing the extension too. That was huge. I mean, to be able to get that done, you know, for five years, everything that they've done to fix the periphery of the team, like around the edges of the core is great. And it's just a matter of, can they take this next step? Because they should probably be in the hunt into like February, March, if everything goes right at the, yeah, I mean, I, I think for sure, if they play well enough, there's going to be a point in the season where they're going to start putting feelers out on Damon Severson and try to get a score in to put up on that top line. I don't see why not. I mean, you have guys that can step in for him. I mean, Ball can obviously, I know Andrew hates a left handed D man playing right, but you know, we have options that we can put there. You know, maybe even Nemich later on in the season's ready to come up. But the, you know, Walsh, Riley Walsh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got guys that can play that spot. I'm, you know, you're going to lose, and maybe not even Severson, like Ryan Graves might be a guy that's also, you know, people might want, and Ball could take that spot easily. He plays the same kind of game. Um, so I think there's there's going to be a point in the season where Fitz is going to have to kind of shit or get off the pot. Like, is this the time we're going to really make a push for the playoffs and add some scoring up front? Um, and we'd certainly have the defensive assets to do it. So this is the good thing about being in studio with Andrew. When we were talking about the Brinkett, he gave a very forcefully shaped no. Andrew, why wouldn't you want to go after the Brinkett? I want to know this because you had very angry looks when that happened. I had angry looks. I was just shaking my head no, but I wasn't going to say anything because, you know, we've gone over this so many times. But I, I wasn't upset about missing out on him because he plays a position that we're expecting from Alex Holtz. And. If you sign to break it and then sign him to a huge extension, you're essentially taking Holtz's lineup spot away from him. Where is he playing uh, tonight? Well, that's, you know, we're, we're going to argue about why he's in the press box. And I still he shouldn't be. I, he shouldn't be. So uh, I didn't want to do that. And I also recognize that our team has had, still has, the softest forward group in the NHL. So what they were going to do was trade for a guy who would, I think, end up being maybe the smallest guy on the smallest team in the league or something like that. So I had no problem missing out on him because we have somebody who is supposed to be that guy. So he's not there yet, obviously. He's just a kid, but um, I don't care. And and you know what? I'm not also not going to care if that we missed out on on Dabrinkit if we have a line of Palat, Heischer, and Brat that are going to set the world on fire every night, and that's while we're waiting for Sharon Govich and, and Hughes to regain their chemistry, um, and for Mercer to fit in on there. I mean, we might have two ridiculous top six lines that are going to control games. So, you know, I, I don't care that we missed out on anybody because we were just talking about how great of a job Fitz did this off season. So I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to lament about anyone that we missed. Yeah, I think so. While we're on the subject, um, Amanda asked uh, Ruff after the game why Holtz wasn't in the lineup. Mm -hmm. And his answer was that they needed to access their speed, which was a dominant force tonight. Lindy acknowledged how hard Holtz has been working at it and to get his skating pace up to where it needs to be. So they needed speed, so they called Kevin Ball. Yeah, to do nothing. It's just fucking. <laughs> oh my he's just god! A, he's just a dumbass. How much did Ball play tonight? Let's see. Uh, ten, ten minutes. Ten minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Barzal after the game said that I don't think we've played a team with that kind of speed before. That's a fast hockey club over there. So the Devils are doing something right. If a guy they were burning who can skate the like the zone. fucking wind, can acknowledge that. Uh, a, well, a team has speed like that. So, I mean, a we, lot we of, are a fast team. I'll give them that. Yeah. A lot of people had that to say about the Devils last year. And uh, when the first period was over, I looked over to Mike and I said, none of this means shit if they don't don't put the puck in the net. 
Oh, we so, all when when it was thirteen nothing in shots, we were all you know every Devils fan is sitting there waiting for that first shot to go in. Yeah. We just knew it was coming. And their first shot came on the power play, I believe. <laughs> like they got a power play late in the gate, late in the first, and then we're yeah, just looking at you like here it comes. By the time they had that power play, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I'm going to take this second to call out all the Devils fans that have shit on Mackenzie Blackwood. I mean, I've been a staunch supporter of his. Oh, oh yeah. Get out of here. That would even start. Hold on. Hold on. Right, let's pull up any tweets. Go back based on date. Go back two hours. Tuesday. What are you Tuesday. talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, sure. I don't know what you're talking about. We're no, he's looked, he's, looked, he's looked amazing since, I don't know there. what happened during that first intermission against Anaheim. But yeah. he looked like his original self before That's he good. became Ricky. shit. Tuesday, October 18th, the year of our Lord, 2022. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. 26 p.m. I, I can mute you. I can mute you. Ricky I can still say it. Blackwood <laughs> is cooked with five O's cooked. <laughs> okay. I don't know. That wasn't me. I don't know what you're talking about. It's from Mackenzie Blackwood's biggest fan right there. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. No so, idea what you're talking about. Yeah. You are a smelly pirate hooker. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't. So, Matt, let's get to know Matt a little bit. Are you are you a lifelong Jersey guy? I am. Uh, my first Devils game was actually at two months old, if you can believe it. Wow, nice. What do you remember <laughs> yeah. about that? Uh, I actually looked up the box <laughs> score. It was April of '96. I looked up the box score, and these Senators actually eliminated us from playoff contention. That was your first game. Oh my Damn. god! <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't remember the game, but I looked it up just because I knew I was about two months old. I had to double-check, cross-reference. Uh, but my grandmother was actually the one who got me into it. Uh, she was a diehard. Uh, my family's had season tickets, actually, since uh, the second season the team was in Jersey. Uh, so we're 39-year season ticket holders. And you name some sort of iconic moment in Devil's history, there's a pretty good chance somebody... In my family has been there. Uh, my aunt was in Chicago when we clinched the first playoff berth in team history. Uh, my dad and my uncle were at the 334 club game. Um, you know, my grandmother was at both of the, the home cup clinching wins, you know, game four and game seven in 95 and 03, respectively. So there really wasn't much of a choice uh, for me when I was growing up. I, I pretty much knew instinctively deep down I was going to be a Devils fan, you know, for life. So uh, I've been coming to games. Uh, pretty much without fail, you know, even the times I was in college, I'd come during my breaks, you know, winter break, spring break. Um, and this team has vexed me to no end at several points. I was in person for four, nothing against Winnipeg and six, two against Florida. Uh, but I still love them to death and I'm hoping that, you know, it's, it's going to be in a, a nice couple of years and hopefully they can turn it around. That's cool. Yeah, your family has such a history uh, as fans of this team because I think a lot of the fans nowadays, or at least the ones that are most present, like on Twitter, uh, pretty much exist after the three cups. Um, and a lot of you know, a lot of Devils fans, their parents weren't Devils fans just because how young the team is compared to other teams um, in the league. So, so that is pretty cool. Now you don't have to say what town if you don't want, but what part of Jersey are you from? I am from Springfield, and that is Ooh. right around like that Union, Milburn, that neck of the woods there. Yeah, I grew up in uh, in Clark. Are you a Dayton High School alumni? I am, class of 2014. Wow, so you are young. Yeah, but I'm so fucking old. <laughs> yeah, I was class of 05, Johnson High School. Buddy. Yeah, I wish I, I don't <laughs> want to tell you what class I was. Yeah. Anyway... I I'll tell you, though, like uh, even me, you know, 20 something years old, I still feel old when I see uh, they came out with the reverse retros today. Washington's reference is 2005. I damn near collapsed into a pile of dirt and blew away in the wind. Yeah, well, wow. Ricky doesn't want to say how old he is, but I will say he did watch JFK get assassinated on television in his math class on the black and white television. So, um, it was he, true. Yeah, yeah, he's a little older than all of us. But... Back into the left. Back into the left. <laughs> that is... Oh God! Um, Class so, two thousand. Anyway, go ahead. Have you? <laughs> there he goes. Have you seen the Devils away at all? Do you have any like memorable trips that you've gone on? Yeah, actually, I, I went to college down at Rowan, and the student like activity group was running a trip to a Flyers game Halloween weekend, twenty 
15. So I actually saw the Devils in Philly and escaped unscathed. No beers were thrown at my head. Uh, so that's that's a fun little story for uh, you know for the for the war chest there. Wow. Um, so I a, guess the the one. Oh, sorry. Good. Go, no, I was just go, gonna say I've, go. I've been to games in, in Philly a couple times. I only got shoved down an escalator once. Um, <laughs> only once. Only once. I don't know if you guys remember this game. I believe it was in 2008 when someone threw a smoke bomb on the ice yeah. during overtime. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I was there for that. And then the Devils it was won. Class, and then, yeah, me and a couple class. of my friends yeah, tried to get out of there, and somebody like shoved me down five steps on an escalator. Um, I even see who did it. It wasn't like I was talking to somebody and I attacked and I stopped. <laughs> But uh, no, Ricky, what were you going to say? No, I didn't know. I didn't know you were going to talk about that. I was going to move on to the uh, reverse retro jersey stuff. Hey, let's I, do it. Yeah, we wanted to talk I know, about it. I know Matt wanted to talk about it. Um, and Mike, too. Mike's been looking at him all night. He's got a lot of uh, lots of opinions. Right. So I'll, I'll go first because I don't really have much of an opinion. And I'm sure Andrew, I don't think Andrew really does either. Uh, I don't really care um, about the jerseys. Whatever. I'm not buying one anyway. Uh, Would have obviously still love a black jersey with a red logo. But makes no difference in my life honestly uh i'm pretty much some the of the same. jerseys some of the jer- the the blue jackets whoever designed that should just be fired immediately uh vegas glow in the dark one i don't know why that's cool but i guess it's cool uh some of them I, I, oddly enough i actually like the panthers one i don't know why i just like the that's palm cool. tree and stuff it's pretty cool, cool. yeah um, I, I, and I, I love the sharks i you know the golden seal i i just love that the colors i just think that's really cool uh, other than that I don't really care about the rest of them. I like the Devils one. I think it'll look cool on them, uh, especially when paired with pants, which I assume are going to be red. Would make more uh, sense for that. Yeah, either. Yeah, I would prefer red over blue, but either way, I don't care. They probably look cool. Um, I'll uh, when the Devils get like hardcore eliminated from playoff contention, and Cool Hockey has a sale where it's like twenty five percent off or whatever. I'll think about it. Um. But I don't know. I, not they're okay. Uh, a couple of them are just kind of dumb, sort of like the Flyers ones, the Leafs, um, the Habs. I kind of think the Lightning ones are, are hilarious. Um, the Ottawa Senators one, I'm disappointed in. They just kind of like put a couple of the elements from their 2006 jerseys into what they're currently wearing. Um, the Bruins the, ones are cool. The Blackhawk ones are. Yes. Same with the the, the Red Wings. Blue they did the same thing from the first they one. Are. Blue, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm yes. going to say the Blue Jackets have the worst ones. Um, oh, for sure, for sure, for sure, without a doubt. Yeah, the Rangers. Yeah. As much as we hate them, it's cool. But what do you what do you think, Matt? I mean, the funniest thing is, with Chicago is they couldn't use anyone with the the Indian head design on it because it's 2022, and they would have gotten like raked over the coals for that. Yep. yep. But yeah, both Chicago and Detroit's. It was basically like that meme where somebody's like. Hey, can I copy your homework? Yeah, sure. Just change it up a little so they don't think it's, you know, it's mine. And then they both went with the stripes and they both had like red, white, and black in the combination. And it's just, I mean, overall, the program I think is probably just a, a naked cash grab by Adidas to make people buy more of their jerseys. Uh, but I mean, the Devils one, I, I don't hate it. It's just weird to me that we're throwing back to the Rockies and the Avalanche are also throwing back to the Rockies. Yeah, with the with the C. What's very strange. That's kind of weird. I thought we were gonna throw it back to the scouts, but I, I don't know about you, Matt. But but Ricky and Mike and myself, we're, we're soccer guys, and and I think I think having new jerseys is not anything new, you know, because every soccer team has new kits every year. Uh, I kind of think it's cool as long as they're done well. Like the the Capitals one. Mike's just shuffling through the pictures because I forgot about a couple of them. The, Can you send me the link to them because I, I have it. I just can't find it. Uh, yeah, Mike's gonna send it to you. Um, the uh, the Capitals one is awesome, and it just reminds me of like Olaf Kolzig, Callie Johansson, Andre Nikolishin, Peter Bondra, like all these awesome caps from from back in the early two thousands. Yeah, that's um, a jersey I would absolutely grab and scream and eagle. That was the jersey that Ovechkin first wore in the yes, NHL. I remember seeing the Devils beat them seven to three at uh, Continental Airlines Arena when Ovechkin was a rookie, um, and they were wearing those. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, I the Colorado thing's weird. Uh, the Blackhawks jersey sucks. The Flames jersey's not so good. 
Um, I, don't, I didn't really like the Vegas one, honestly. It just says Vegas. I just I don't know why it's cool. It glows in the dark. I guess I don't know. that's they had cool it just add, yeah. They, they have no heritage, like, yeah. and they've already come out with twelve jerseys to begin with. So. Just like Seattle yeah. had to throw uh, something. Oh, I mean, Mike keeps slipping through the pictures. Now I think the Minnesota one is the best one. No, Minnesota. Maybe Michael, maybe Michael like, send it to me at some point too. I, I just have photos. That's all I have. I don't have the link. Oh, See, my there. thing. Yeah. My thing too. Number. That I the only redeeming thing about that Flyers jersey, other than the fact that it's clean, is that for warmups this year when they wear the reverse retro, they're going to come out wearing Cooperalls. Yeah, that's all yes. I like that's, that's pretty cool. That is, I am such a nostalgic hockey nerd, and I, I am like geeking out over that. Um, I think the fact that Boston took a swing with their, you know, their Pooh Bear alternate from the '90s that they came out with—that's <laughs> awesome. I love that's it was so fantastic. Great. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, too. I mean, I have always wanted to own one of those original Storm jerseys. They're just so bad that they're good. Thank you. And the fact that, like, they took a swing on that. I like when a team takes a swing on something that's, you know, controversial or maybe didn't, you know, was not around for a while. Like the Oilers with the oil drop. I actually have one of the original ones of those in my collection. Oh, wow. And it, nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a Chris Pronger replica jersey. It's quite a quite the find. Um, so those are cool until I just saw somebody on TikTok show a side-to-side picture with the Oilers logo and then an egg over easy on a plate. <laughs> um, and now I can't unsee that. Oh, God. Yeah, that's going to be forever. Uh, Canucks yeah. knocked it out of the park with theirs. Oh, yeah. That was sick. Uh, the Blues, I think, is pretty solid. That's one of their old prototype logos they never Blues ended up really using. Nice. Nashville's nice. Minnesota, I, it's literally the reverse retro 1.0, just a dark color instead of the white one. Not a um, fan Sharks. of the Canadians. Sharks Not is an absolute must. Like I love that jersey. Kings yeah, is so fresh. Is yeah, the Kings, Kings one's nice. Yeah, the Ducks are good. And the absolute winner is the Coyotes. Like, There's no one else. Really? Yes. I, I like the uh, I like the I Penguins. Love I like that the, jersey. I like the Penguins one too. Like they're yeah, easy, the old, top five the logo. Reminds me of Tom Barrasso, Ron Tugnut. Reminds me of Martin Straka shitting on a Straka, Kevin Stevens, Francis. We're old. Yep. Yeah, See, <laughs> what I'm interested too, when you look at Buffaloes and the fact they're bringing back the you know the goat head logo from the '90s, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that stick around long term in their branding. So they that, are. They're releasing yeah. the black and red ones this year. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's not going to be something that they keep around beyond like just this year, because it's something that's popular with a certain, you know, subset age group of fans up in Buffalo there who remember, you know, if, if we're going to remember some guys, you know, you're talking like, you know, Dominic Koshik and Briere and... Max yeah. Finnegan. That's who I was thinking of. I couldn't you know, think of his name. Uh, McGilney. I think wore those for a couple of years mm-hmm. up in Buffalo before we got him for his second stint, you know, like that, that's a really peak era of Buffalo Sabres hockey. And I feel like management up there might not do anything right, you know, in terms of like drafting and free agency and whatnot, but man, do they know how to listen to their fans and bring back what they want? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they keep them around and Adidas seems, um, well, you know what, actually I'm just going to correct myself. So Adidas seems to want to introduce jerseys and have teams wear multiple, but, didn't we just hear that when their deal is up making jerseys, they're they're not renewing? So a different company is going to be taking that over again. Yep. I hope it's Fanatics because their stuff is so good. Dude, <laughs> Fanatics is the worst thing that's ever happened to the NHL. <laughs> yep. Honestly, um, to sports. Yeah. Now let me shift for a minute because we got an introduction from Matt. Let's uh, let's get the people to know Mike here. Mike, you're you're a Bayo, New Jersey guy your whole life, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. How long have you been a Devils fan? Like, when did it start for you? Mm, I can't say two months old, definitely. Um, but I would probably say probably like when I was 10, 11, 12. My dad grew up, uh, was born and raised in Montreal, and he kind of watched hockey here and there. He was a Habs fan by association, really. And I remember going to Continental Airlines Arena with my parents probably when I was 10 or so and watching the Devils play. And then ever since then, just been following along, getting my heart broken every year. I remember going to Brendan Byrne Arena. Oh, man. Jesus. We always talk about the uh, the Cattle Bridge. Those were the days. Um, Mike, do you remember your first game? Uh, it was a Devils-Rangers game. Did Lundquist play in... Continental? Did oh he ever? Oh my fucking god, dude! You're uh, so young. 
so he God. was he was a rookie and the 2006 playoff series which was still in continental uh he got chased i think in game one and then kevin weeks played after that mm-hmm. so you know he, i think i was at that game maybe. yeah so lundquist did get to play at, at continental yeah. okay but i just don't yeah, remember I, my first game that's John just Van, one memory Beesbrook. this guy's first game was a freaking Lundquist? Oh my no, God, no, no, no. I no, I know I was at that game. I just said I don't know if that was my I first think, one. I think Marty's backup in my first game was was Corey Schwab. Got Clemenson. Oh uh, no. Uh, <laughs> way after we had Corey Schwab, Peter Sidorkowitz, um <laughs> JF Damfus. Um yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm only 34, but I've been going to games since I was like five years old. Mm. So I, I've been through a lot of uh weird backup goalies. Um, I do remember one of the cool the when the Prudential Center opened, being at the home opener versus Ottawa and sitting right behind the glass. Like me and my dad got tickets, spent a decent amount of money for it, but I will always remember that moment. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I'm old enough where when someone says name an obscure Devils player, my mind immediately goes to Vadim Sharafiana. Oh my oh. god! <laughs> oh, wow! Christ. Yeah, and I, I was trying to figure out what happened to that dude, and he went back to Russia, and I think he got in trouble for, for steroids and the performance in his <laughs> or something. Um, I was wondering what happened to him. but uh, One goes to Claude Vilgrain. I actually oh, saw him play. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because uh, I'm old. <laughs> Mine's a little more recent. I got uh, Rama and Rabarenka. Is my right. go-to. Let's remember uh, a devil. Yeah, if we're if we're gonna make a list of like all of Lou's terrible draft picks that played like two NHL games, like we'll have a long list. And yay, um, <laughs> he would be right next to Rabarenka. He is ten and B. Well, ten B played a little bit more than that, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, Damn, Vilgren had Vilgren had forty six points in nineteen ninety two. Damn, Ricky, do you remember Mike Danton? Yeah, did he change yeah. his name? Wasn't it something? Wasn't it Mike Jefferson or something? Um, um, we gotta find that out because didn't he get like accused of killing somebody? Yeah, or uh, yeah, it was he changed his last name from Jefferson to Dan? Yeah, yeah. Um, and who was the Devils draft pick in the last couple of years that got in trouble for breaking into somebody's house drunk and sleeping on some stranger's couch? Oh, oh my God, who is that? Right on the tip of my tongue, too. Like, oof. All right. Well, well Mike's going to look it up. Um, all right. We're not going to run too long tonight. It's already 11 o'clock. So let's, uh, if anybody else has anything to talk about, let me know. Otherwise, Ricky, why don't we ask our friends some questions here? Oh, okay. Uh, we'll start off with you're on a deserted island and you can choose two Devils Twitter members. Who are you choosing to hang out on the island with you? We'll go with Matt first. Two Devils Twitter members. Uh, who's the guy with the at Moro Yorg fan? He's my okay. first choice. And okay. I'd probably say... Hmm. Who's my second? You know what? I am going to pick Yuzi. You know what? Oh, oh right there. Yeah. He's going to stay silent on that one. <laughs> I don't think he likes him. Who? Yuzi, Yuzi, yeah. Ricky Margarita. I like him. Oh, that's who that is. I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I know of? him by that name. No, there's a bunch of people that annoy the shit out of me, but he's not one of them. Um, sometimes when their Twitter handle is different from their actual name, I forget who they are. Ben Johnson was the drunk B and E, by the way. Uh, Mike looked that up. Um, so Mike, two Devils Twitter people to be on a deserted island with. Who you got? Two people. Ugh. I'd probably say Casey. Okay. And Casey's got a lot of friends. Cool kid. Just just started talking to him recently. Yeah. Uh and probably you, Andrew, because I can put up with you. Me? You call me an asshole like twelve times today. Yeah, I mean nice. like, yeah, actually. Cool. Yeah. I like that. Sorry, Ricky. I, like I didn't think that. you were gonna pick me anyway, Mike, so it's all you, good. You were close. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Um yeah, uh, I'll ask the next question. Let's go with Matt. What is your what is your death row meal? Death row meal. There's a great local burger place in my town that does stuffed cheeseburgers. Oh, and they got this uh, this combo. Juicy Lucy. No, it's uh, it's called Super Stuffed Burgers. I'll give them a little local business plug. 
And they got this thing on the menu where you can take any three of their cheeseburgers and you can turn them into sliders and get them in like a, a platter. So I'd probably go with that. And I think my go-to would probably be two of their mac and cheese cheeseburgers and like one of their plain ones. Cause the mac and cheese one is like stuffed in top with four cheese, mac and cheese and bacon. And then the traditional one has like a secret sauce on top of the burger. That is just phenomenal. It's not even close to health food, but if it's my last meal, who cares? Yeah, that sounds delicious. No, you know, you're just leaving a mess for everyone else to clean up after your gonzo, but <laughs> it's not your problem at that point. Um, what about you, Mike? Uh, pasta carbonara uh, with angel hair pasta from San Vito's. Where's that? In Bayonne. In Bayonne? Yep. Um, next question, Ricky, you want to ask? Mm. Do the easy change one, it. you know, let's the top of the list. Oh, okay. Nah, okay. Nah, let's change it up tonight. All right. Okay. If someone gave you $50,000 to start your own business, what would it be? Hmm. 50K to start my own business, no strings attached. Mm-hmm. I think I'd probably want to go into like freelance sports journalism. And that would give me like the ability to just pay my own salary and go and travel and accrue readers and sponsorships and just, you know, do my, my dream job of being a, a team reporter, you know, covering probably the devils if I had to pick, but I could also do, you know, giants, Yankees doesn't really matter to me. Well, good luck to you. It's a great time for newspapers. Um. <laughs> the future is online. I'm bringing back fire and ice. Yeah, you're going to be asking people for uh, for donations, not donations, for cheap memberships on Twitter now, like a lot of people are doing. Um, what about you, Mike? Fifty grand, open up the business. I'd say I'd start my own record company. That's a good one. Yeah, I, like I really love music, and I always love the the behind the scenes of the ins and outs of like getting music processed and getting it out. So I think I would try that. I like that answer. The, uh, you know what? Besides a couple of people, I think, uh, or at least one or two people have said food truck. I think that's my favorite so far, but record label's a good one, too. Um, let's see. Next question, just because I'm interested. Uh, what's everybody's favorite movie? Mike, you were saying it before, and I completely forgot because I don't really you listen have to the worst talk. memory. It's... Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite movie? Super Troopers. That's right. You asked to watch it, and I said no. Yeah, um, thanks. That is a great movie. Great movie. What about you, Mike? <laughs> Not Mike, Matt. Matt. <laughs> Look, if, I had, if, I, if I had a nickel for every time somebody called me Mike, I'd have, well, $50,000 to start my own uh, hockey Yeah, but what but, about uh, people that have uh, called you Mike while a Mike is sitting next to them? I got to pass for that. Come on. <laughs> that's, a, that's a quarter. That's a whole different tier of money. Um, all-time favorite. I saw Mad Max Fury Road in theaters, and it was just phenomenal. There's nothing that's going to be able to top that. I, you know, that's a two-hour long car chase. I couldn't I, really. <laughs> there's a lot worse ways to spend two hours in a the theater. Yeah, I guess you're a big Charlize Theron fan. And uh, on that genre of action movies, I saw Bullet Train and Top Gun this summer, so it was like big action movie guy. Like, especially if you can do it with practical effects, like hell yeah. I have not seen them. Embarrassingly, I have not seen either Top Gun. Um, but you're I'm not gonna embarrassed be on a... by it. No, I'm not. not I don't care. But I'm going to be on a four-hour plane ride in two weeks, and I'm going to watch both of them. So, um, you know, welcome to 1986 or whenever the first one came out. I don't know. When did the first one come out? Not 86. No? All right. We'll have to look that, that up. Before. Uh, Ricky, let's go one more question. 1986 is when it came out. Holy um, shit. Wow, I just job. pulled that number out of thin air. <laughs> I'm so smart. I was born in 87, so it doesn't count. All right. Well, since Mike likes music... Uh, if you could choose one song to play every time you walked into a room for the rest of your life, what song would you choose? Me? Yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, uh, the safety dance. <laughs> Are you going to dance to it? Yes, absolutely. You're just going to steal my answer, you prick? <laughs> that was your answer? Yes. <laughs> well, good thing. That's Bulls on Parade. Matt, what about you? Oh. I think I'd probably go with Monkey Wrench by Foo Fighters. Oh, I right, Taylor Hawkins. <clears throat> yeah, saw them at the Garden last year. Hell of a show. I mean, just absolutely incredible. I, th I have to think that they're going to take some time off and then, unfortunately, have to replace him, but, but keep playing. Um, 
Because I do want to see them. It's going to suck without without Taylor, but um, I want to see them, and I want to see um, Rush, which just apparently played a show with uh, Tools drummer, um, David Carey. Yeah, David. Yeah. Uh, if that becomes a thing, then I'm very excited. That would be incredible to see that live, honestly. Yeah. Um, got anything else? Anybody? Anybody uh, want to talk about something? Yeah, we need their last take. But yeah, I was I was gonna see take. if we had anything else before we got to that. But yeah, no, I don't. All right, so let's start with Matt first. What's what's something you're passionate about? A hot take you have that you know something that gets you all fired up in the morning. I think that anybody who follows politics the way I follow, like team sports, you can almost automatically say if you look at them, their brains are beyond broken. Like, if you follow it, like, wins and losses when legislation gets passed, you are, like, so beyond any help or saving. And it's just, I'll deal with you when I deal with you, but, like, I'm not taking your opinion seriously if you look at it like that. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I, I've talked about this on, on the pod before, but, like, when I open up Twitter, nine times out of ten, the first tweet that's on my timeline is someone's, like, angry opinion about politics. And even if it's something that comes from the side that I tend to be on or something that I agree with, I still immediately get annoyed and think, please shut up, go yell this into your pillow. I don't I don't need to I'm Tony. You know. oh, excuse me. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, you said Tony? <laughs> yeah, like my, my whole thing is like <laughs> Twitter by its very nature is meant to be like quick jot thoughts, you know, get it down, get it out, whether it be like hot takes about your sports team or just, you know, general shit posting or throwing memes on there or whatever like this is not the place for political discussion go organize go fundraise for candidates go phone bank go do what you got to do but like this is not the place to be like tallying up wins and losses like you're in the middle of you know the third period of a regular season game in the nhl like go do that elsewhere write in the diary you know, that is like the worst kind of political engagement because it's just everybody is trying to get their opinions out there. And it's not even like good political engagement. It's just loud political engagement. No, I, I agree with you. Um, if you go back to like uh, when you first joined Twitter, like I joined Twitter in 2009. And if you could go back and see what tweets were like back then, like I've looked up my own tweets and I find things like, why is it so hard to find pants that fit perfectly? Or <laughs> just a random tweet that says, God, these refs suck. I don't know what I was watching, probably the devils, but you know, Twitter needs to go back to that. But um, Mike, what about you? What are you passionate about, buddy? It sounds cliche, but I absolutely love hockey. Like not even just the devils, just in general like i will talk hours about just like other teams and just players and just stats of just any anything i can come across i appreciate that and you're not you're a nice guy but that is not the way to answer this question why no not even remotely so we're talking about like you know my hatred for crosswalks or his hatred matt's hatred for people that talk too much about politics something that gets you fired up like Put your pants on and start yelling at people. You know? Or my hatred for Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, Bruce my Springsteen. hatred for. Uh, so where I live in Bayonne, we have a parking spot right out front. Anyone, I have two schools. I have a grammar school and then a high school. A high school maybe five, six blocks away. The grammar school literally right next door. Where well, across the street where I went. Every day when I come home from work at two thirty, at least three people, and they you could see it too. It's my driveway. Park there. Beep at them beep religiously and like i'm a, I'm a nice guy i'm like kind of passive with everything and they'll just look at me like they have no clue that my signal's on and i'm literally in the middle like sideways in the middle of the street c- trying to get into my driveway and they just won't move and i'm beeping loud enough that they have to finally like look up and go oh i'm being beeped at let me move and then proceed to move like a very old person two inches past the driveway and i still am up their ass and making them move out of my driveway. I love how you were ready to go with that. Like you didn't. That once you got it. me going, I was like, yeah, um, I know, because it happened yesterday to me. So it's just very fresh in my memory. When I first started dating my my wife, she's from Bayonne, where you live. Yes, I know. I know your wife. Well, for the the fans, you know, the, the listeners, they don't know that. We've I mean, like a couple hundred, or like six that keep listening to it. I don't know. Um, 
When I first went to Bayonne 13 years ago to hang out with her, there was already nowhere to park, okay? There still isn't. And since then, they've built apartment buildings with no parking on every corner. Yeah. And you live on a main road in Bayonne, yeah. buddy. You have no place to put your car. Absolutely you not. You need to get the fuck out of that yeah. town. Can't wait. Oh, boy. Yeah. Place sucks. And it's happened at least, what's today, Thursday, two to three times in the since Monday and prior week. At least two or three more times. It's terrible. Just since school started, because no one else can't find any parking. You remember on the top of Avenue E when you got off the the, the uh, turnpike, the sign used to say Bayonne, welcome, welcome to Bayonne, Tree City, USA. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, they got rid of that sign. It just says Bayonne now, but it should, it should just <laughs> it should just say Welcome to Bayonne. Where are you going to park? <laughs> Turn back around and go the other way. Yeah, go to Georgia City. Um, I don't know. Is that all we got this week, man? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think we hit everything in Devil's Land. I, I, you know, just I, a good I win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's really not much to say. They just absolutely dominated. I mean, 43 shots on goal to 17. Blackwood looked great. I mean, again, his looked like he did in preseason. His lateral movement was good. He looked confident. They tried really to side to side. They honestly. tried. They they tried to make us, you know, pucker our buttholes in the third period like they always do when they're winning. Um, but at least they were able to uh, to close it out. I mean, you know, we'll see. Like you said, we'll see what happens next game if they can carry this momentum on. That would be great. And honestly, it was nice. Like I know Devils, like the lineup changes ever so often. It was nice hearing the Islanders had to change up their lines because they could not get anything going. It's just nice, like be like, okay, it's not just yeah, us that we have for yeah. once. Yeah. Well, the line, after line after engage. Yeah. After the Red Wings game, I thought we were going to have our next pod episode was going to be just a yell fest, but mm-hmm. it's not. Now it's a hug fest, and if we wanted to have a yell fest, we would have to uh, switch gears and talk about the Red Bulls because they're fucking terrible. Um, they make me sad. Um, they make me want to drink pool water. I'm not even a Red Bull fan, and I watched the game, and it made me sad. Yeah. yeah. That that 2-1 FC Cincinnati tweet was both the most agonizing and most predictable thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I've literally like known this team since they were the Metro Stars. I love uh. them. But, <laughs> man, are they just the soccer devils sometimes. They're worse. They don't have the. Oh, I, mean, I don't know. I was up in in Montreal when uh, when the game was on, so I was just getting texts from Ricky, and I get a I get an alert from the Red Bulls app that's like Lewis Morgan scores one nothing. I'm like, yay! Ricky texts me. It says Morgan scored, and they got hurt celebrating and left the game. <laughs> and I'm like that is the Red Bulls, like in a text, like something good happened along with something bad happening that just takes it all away at once. Your response um, was, are you fucking kidding me? And I was like, nope, I'm not. <laughs> yep, Time to make that up if I tried. And then, just to make matters worse, when they're down 2-1, to one, they get 12 minutes of stoppage time. The most stoppage time anyone has ever gotten in the history of MLS, probably. <laughs> um, to tie the game up, they just couldn't do it. Um they have to invent a new embarrassing way to lose every year, and it, it never fails. And the, and the best part was the the reason the goal that they gave up to go down two one was scored on them by the, the guy who replaced Morgan standing there with his head up his ass, not paying attention, and the guy ran right by him and scored. Well, and of course, one I think the first Cincy goal was scored by former Red Bull Matt Miazga as well. Um, so terrible she, defending. Yeah. Well, just like uh, a couple weeks ago when they played Columbus Crew, they got shit on by former Red Bull Derek Etienne Jr. So this just—it's really hard being a Red Bulls fan sometimes. Um, but uh, anyway, I'm glad that I got to end this on a sour, depressing note. So we'll end there. Um, <laughs> no problem. Uh, I'm going to see you Saturday morning, Ricky. What are we doing? We're going bird watching. Yeah. So Andrew can shut the fuck up about me not leaving my house. There we go. There we I don't go. mind leaving my house. I'm meeting his ass at 7 a.m., so I'm leaving oh. my house early. Probably when it's dark out still. Got to be there when the sun comes up, man. The best time for photography is when the sun is low in the trees. It's also when the birds come out. So I'm telling you, after this, you're going to be able to identify birds just while you're driving around your neighborhood. I doubt it very much. I don't. <laughs> I don't. 
Um, all right, that's it. That's it for us. Uh, we'll be back next week after the Devils play a couple more games. Hopefully, we are in as good a mood this time as we are, or next time as we are this time. Thank you, Mike, for coming over to hang out, uh, even though you were an hour late. And thank you, Matt, for joining us. It was good to talk to you, buddy, and we'll definitely have you back uh, and the rest uh, sometime later in the season. Yeah, sounds good. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you guys so much for having me. Anytime. Goodbye. <laughs>